On your Monday episode of Locked On Raptors, the watch on my wrist currently reads 9.09 a.m., but if I squint, I'm pretty sure it actually says Dame Time. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it, so like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to another episode of Locked on Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, September the 25th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now, going on 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter, at X, whatever the hell we're calling it now. These days, the show you can follow on Twitter and on Instagram at Lockdown Raptors. And of course, the Lockdown Raptors Discord is the place to be right now. It's popping off with Dame Lillard Discourse. You want to be in there and, uh, you know, there's plenty of disagreement, plenty of friendly agreement and, you know, looking at things a little differently in there, but it's a lovely, friendly place to be. So come hang out. Link is in the description. but love to see you in there and become part of our little Lockdown Raptors family over there on Discord. Uh, you can also find the show for free in your favorite podcast apps. Subscribe, follow, rate, review, etc., etc. It's much appreciated when you support the show that way. Without further ado, let's get to it. Uh, here on your Monday episode of the show, we're digging into Dame Lillard discourse, baby. Uh, lots of reporting over the weekend that the Raptors are very much caught up in this thing, which feels like it's going to come to some sort of conclusion over the next week, as October the 2nd, one week from today, marks the beginning of training camp for both the Raptors and for the Portland Trailblazers, notably, who I would imagine want to get this thing sorted out before their season starts and all the distraction that would come with Dame still being on the team. And so with that, uh, here to talk about the uh, latest on the Dame situation, the latest reporting, our thoughts and feelings on whether this is something the Raptors should actually pull the trigger on, is our pal Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. Big V, I have not scrolled Twitter like I have over the last uh, couple days in quite some time. Uh, it's, it's a sickness, it really is, but the, the, when that sweet, sweet NBA slop, shout out to uh, Trill Bro Dude and the You Know Ball podcast for uh, co-opting that, for, or coining that phrase, uh, when that slop is out there, I'm going to eat it up like a little hog. Uh, Big V... How are you? How did you enjoy Dame Weekend? Honestly, I enjoyed it by doing a whole lot of stuff that allowed me to avoid Twitter completely. Sounds healthy. Sounds like a, <laughs> you had a better weekend than me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm still very much, you know, in, hey, I believe it when I see it mm -hmm, mode. Mm -hmm. And yeah, all the stuff is going to be out there. And, you know, we've seen it before. Uh <clears throat> probably most prominently post Kawhi with uh, KD. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, everything, uh, to me, still points to Miami and, mm. you know, players in this situation usually uh, getting what they want. And so, you know, obviously you have your exceptions like Kawhi. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's see. Yeah, I mean, I think... It feels a little more real than like any KD thing ever felt. I don't actually think there was ever even an offer put on the table for KD last summer based on the reporting that came out. 
Uh, this year, who knows? You know, with Dame, it's a different situation, but it does feel different in a few ways. One, you mentioned that normally guys get what they want when they ask out. This is not a normal trade request situation, as it's a 33-year-old dude with limited teams that can actually absorb him into their team and have it make sense with a pre-prescribed preferred destination in Miami and a not-so-great return on offer from Miami to get it done. You couple that with the reports that have started to come out over the last few days. Sam Amick mentioned this. Mark Steins mentioned this. Jake Fisher's mentioned this. Some of the heavy hitters are now mentioning Toronto by name. And a lot of it is, uh, you know, Dame Lillard won't want to go to Toronto, which to me, reading through the lines of NBA subterfuge, suggests it's actually kind of getting real and the Raptors are very much in the conversation. And Dame's camp, as they have been doing all summer, is playing the leverage game and saying, you know what, don't do it because we're not going to show up. I'm going to happily call that bluff, though, for a dude who's going to be earning $50, $50 million this season and doesn't seem to have a ton of actual power over how this situation is going to play out. You couple that with the fact that the Raptors are at this very bizarre crossroads as a franchise. We've talked about it for months now. Just the desperate need to pick a direction. This feels like the type of deal that would do just that if they can pull something off. Whatever the outgoing return is, it declares... We're trying to contend right now. We're trying to bring in a dude who can pair with Pascal Siakam, for example, and really make a go of this. And it feels kind of right from that perspective. There are reasons why you don't do this if you're the Raptors. We'll get into all that on today's show. But I guess let's just begin here, Big V, with, like, should the Raptors be aggressively pursuing this? Like, if all the reports are to suggest that Toronto's actually in on this, Mark Stein reported yesterday that after some skepticism around the league, it seems as though teams are actually buying that the Raptors are very much in this conversation. Is this something that they should be doing? Or as our pal Eric Kareen wrote over at The Athletic in a really good piece, is it maybe not the right guy at not the right time for the Raptors to go and make a big move like this for Dame? I mean, this is going to sound like a cop-out answer, but uh, they should absolutely <laughs> be doing it at the right price. Right. <laughs> and, you know, in terms of what that right price is, we'll get into that a bit later. But, mm -hmm. you know, the, the one thing you have to acknowledge is if you're making a move for Dame, you are going into win-now mode. Yep. And so that should line up the chips accordingly. Uh, and so, uh, you know, big picture discussion, should the Raptors... Uh, be curious. Should the Raptors trying to be get get in? It should they be trying to get in there for Dame? Uh, absolutely. I think you know when you have one of the best players in the NBA on the market. If you can get into that conversation, you absolutely try. Uh, you know that you know you're generally not uh, a big player in free agency. So mm -hmm. as Masai has said um, at press conferences, like hey, trades are kind of the new free agency. And so for all these teams that aren't big players in said free agency, when someone is kind of disgruntled and looking for a new home, you find your way to get in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean... Yeah, to the point of like it not being the right guy at not the right time. And, and go read Eric's piece over The Athletic. I think it was pretty well argued. I think I disagree in some spots, but I, I think, you know, the Raptors are in his position right now. They have a pick owed out the door to the Spurs already. They don't have a swath of other teams' picks in the coffers. Like, let's be realistic here. The Raptors are not going to be in the conversation realistically for a Giannis or a Joel Embiid if they hit the market because they don't have the scores of a picks that these other teams have to throw out there. 
I don't think that they're going to be shopping at the top of the super duper star market. They're going to have to go to that second tier. And I think Dame kind of perfectly slides into that. And when you think about what he does as a player, he fixes basically every one of the Raptors' biggest problems. Shot creation, three-point shooting, all this stuff. A a supporting cast around Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam that actually makes some sense and helps put them in position to succeed, if that's in fact what the team is left behind. We'll get into that, of course. I just think for me, my kind of boiled down take on this is barring some kind of Minnesota for Rudy Gobert level overpay, which I can't imagine is going to happen. The Raptors don't have the stuff to make such an overpay. I kind of think any deal for Dame Lillard, regardless of the outgoing uh, package, puts the Raptors in a better position as a franchise going forward because it picks that direction. It states, hey, this is the thing we're doing. It probably clears up some of the money and contract concerns that the team has right now. You know, you go trade for Dame Lillard, I bet you could bank on a quick extension offer coming for Pascal Siakam. And maybe with Dame Lillard in tow, he goes, you know what? Let's do that. Let's lock this thing in. Um, You get off potentially the contract situation of OG Ananobi, which hangs over this season as a big elephant in the room. I think it just declares a direction and makes the team pretty darn good in an Eastern Conference that is not perfect by any means. I don't think any trade for Dame is like absolutely on paper perfect. It's not plopping Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green onto a title contending ready team, but it puts him onto a very good team that can actually make some hay in the Eastern Conference and make it a worthwhile venture. Even if the upside is not title this season, I think you can build towards that over the next couple of years and the return to good, relevant, fun basketball to me is worth whatever the outgoing return might be, which we'll get into in a little bit here. Um, that's just kind of where I come down on it. Big V, we'll come back on the other side. Unless you have something you wanted to chip in <clears throat> no i'm good okay cool uh then yeah we'll come back on the other side and we'll get into uh the the cost we'll talk about the potential outlay and what would be comfortable with if you're the raptors if you're a raptors fan what might be the sweet spot for an offer to the blazers considering the fact that the heat still linger out there with a not so great offer that might be uh, not so hard to one up we'll get to that in just one second before we do that however got to tell you about our good friends over at doordash who are uh, making a return to sponsoring the podcast of late uh missing the syrup for your pancakes or ran out of your favorite coffee creamer there's nothing worse than realizing that you don't have something that you need maybe you're making breakfast on a weekend for your for your sweetie or whatever it might be and you want to have all the stuff in store but you don't quite have it don't worry doordash grocery delivery can get you what you want right when you need it. If you love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door, DoorDash grocery delivery is for you. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery as well. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order as well. With easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 in value when you use the code Locked on NBA at checkout. Limited time offer terms apply that's 50 percent off up to 20 dollars no minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the doordash app in the app store and enter the code locked on nba don't forget that's the code locked on nba for 50 percent off your first order with doordash all right continuing on here your first listen of the day talking dame lillard and the toronto raptors and all that's caught up in that loaded sentence um we just a heads up we're going to try to link up with our pal mike richmond from lockdown blazers hopefully for tomorrow's show so keep an eye out there some point this week you'll hear the lovely tones of mike richmond if it's not tomorrow it will be later on either way let's get to it now 
the cost. Let's dive into, you know, what are you comfortable with as the Raptors? There's a few different iterations that you can go with, right? The money play, just like the easier matching situation salary-wise, is something that Kevin Pelton kind of pitched last week on the low post, which is a Siakam deal, which is kind of like a three-teamer where Siakam ends up with some other team that then ships a bunch of assets to the Blazers. The Raptors get Dame. I don't think that one's really a starter, honestly, just considering you ideally are trying to pair Pascal with Dame as a really nice pairing of skill sets, dudes who would fit together well, but that's an option. Another option is the Scotty Barnes thing, which, you know, I kicked around earlier this summer as a thing I'd absolutely do to get Dame Lillard on the Raptors. Uh, I think a lot of people disagree with that, but there's that option. And then there's the sort of in-between road, which is OG Ananobi plus picks, maybe a young player or two. Grady Dick was mentioned in the piece by Jake Fisher that came out Friday night at Yahoo Sports. Uh, for you, Big V, like, what is the ideal outgoing package for Dame Lillard to both keep the Raptors competitive and, and kind of with a puncher's chance in the East and also to, you know, satisfy what the Blazers are going to want here as well and to sort of one-up whatever the Heat have on offer, which is, you know, salary filler, Tyler Hero, maybe Nikola Jovic, maybe, uh, you know, Jaime Jaquez, all these different guys that have been kind of kicked around, their future picks as well. Where are you at as far as the ideal outlay to bring Dame back to Toronto? For me, it's uh, a Scotty-centric package. And, mm -hmm. you know, obviously you'd have to throw Gary Trent Jr. in there. Um, and then you'd have to probably work someone like Chris Boucher in there um, mm -hmm. to get the salaries in line. Uh, and, you know, whatever whatever the picks end up being. Uh, I think when you look at the other two iterations of the deal, I don't know if the Raptors uh, are good enough uh, to be in that win-now mode. And mm -hmm. so uh, I think... You know, if you're able to get a legit number one option in Dame, uh, a legit number two option in Pascal together, uh, and then you keep OG in there, um, mm -hmm. you keep Yak in there, I think that is a very good team. Uh, and I think you're in business, uh, especially, uh, you know, with kind of the uncertainty that's looming in the East, with the way Giannis has been speaking, with the way <laughs> <laughs> Embiid has been speaking. And, and so I think... That puts you in a good position. Uh, you know, I think I've seen some stuff about, oh, the Raptors, you know, kind of considered Scotty a non-starter in any type of KD conversation. So why would they uh, do that uh, for Dame? Mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, anyone who was kind of against moving Scotty for uh, in a potential deal for KD should see that you know, that was probably a mistake. <laughs> yeah, you can learn from a year of uh, new information. <laughs> yeah, uh, and yeah. so I think, uh, is Scotty going to, you know, have potentially, you know, three to four years as good as what game can be? Um, that, I think, is going to be a heck of an accomplishment. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think Dame is absolutely in that, conversation of players who you should consider uh you know trading scotty for uh and so yeah and and the other thing with dame too is like shooters are the ones who last the longest in the league like yeah. even you know um obviously i would put steph above dame but in sure. terms of just thinking about longevity like you expect steph uh to keep going for a while because of that insane shooting ability and mm -hmm. what Dame is able to do, um, that is something 
that I don't expect to go away anytime soon. And so, um, you know, yeah, if, if you were able to get that quartet of Dame, Pascal, OG, Yak together, and there's some iteration of a deal that makes sense there, then, yeah, uh, that's the one that's most amenable to me. That's a 50-win core, right? Like, I think at minimum. Like, that's a really well-fitting, interesting, good core. The problem with the Scotty package, and I should say, I am perfectly fine if that ends up being the cost here. Like, I know Jake Fisher reported Friday that Scotty's a non-starter in these conversations as well. So I, I can't imagine the Raptors view it this way, frankly. But if Scotty's going out and you're bringing in Damon, setting up that core, I, I think that's a worthwhile move. That does leave you with some questions because the problem with the Scotty thing is just the money, right? And you'd have to attach a lot of dudes to him just to make the money work. Gary Trent Jr. is going out. Um, you know, you're probably sending out a couple of other useful players, Chris Boucher notably, in that deal. And you're kind of left with a pretty threadbare back end of the roster. You're asking a lot of, say, Grady Dick, you know, to walk in as a rookie and, and potentially give you some real minutes off the bench. You're asking a lot from Christian Coloco. You're really banking on Precious Achua figuring things out. Like, there's a lot that has to go into building the back part of that roster. You know, it helps that at all times you'll be able to have one of Dame or Pascal on the floor. That certainly is a, a pretty decent sort of way to stagger your minutes and make sure you have kind of a floor at all times. But uh, I do think the depth is a concern there. You know, the, the positive, though, is that you probably protect your future pick outlay a little bit. If Scotty's the guy going out, maybe it's one pick that goes out or none. And, you know, as opposed to the OG situation where it's like all the picks you have and swaps and everything like that. Um, there's certainly an argument for it. And yeah, of course, it's like basketball fit wise. Dame, OG, Pascal, Yak as your top four is the best fit that you could probably put together here. I think I'm more on the side of the OG trade being the move, if they can make it work. I think there is a pathway to it as well, just because as much as Portland probably is not like super thrilled about bringing in an expiring OG Ananobi, I actually think you know you work out a core of Shaden Sharp, Scoot Henderson, and Fernie Simons. What better pair pair of players to you know, have along those guards, then Jeremy Grant and OG Ananobi is your 3-4. Like, that's pretty interesting to me. And maybe it's interesting enough to convince OG to stay long-term. If it's not, then you can move him at the deadline if for to, for, to sort of burst bolster the package and the return you get in the Dame Lillard trade tree and all of that. I think there's actually maybe a, a way that you squint and see a, a deal there for the Blazers that makes sense for them. Of course, it's a big gamble because OG is an expiring contract. But for the Raptors, you know, it's not perfect fit-wise, but I do think it kind of gives you almost the best of both worlds. If you can pair Dame with Scotty and Pascal, yes, the fit's not great out of the gate in year one, but I think the environment for Scotty is probably a little better to develop under when you have Dame playing off ball, taking a lot of the ball handling duties. You get to see Scotty play in a role that he's more, you know, suited for success in. And when he does have his dalliances with the ball in his hands, he's got Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard off the ball. I'm going to have to work on saying Dame Lillard. It really does not come out of my mouth very smoothly. I have the, the, <laughs> the slurred speech when I say his name. Either way, I think the sort of situation is a lot better. And I've talked for a while now about how I think one of the sort of ideal pathways for the Raptors right now is to find a way to turn OG into players who fit better around the talent play of Scotty and Pascal as the two most talented dudes on the team and just see if over the next couple of years you can reshape the roster around them in a way that makes sense. Getting Dame for OG would certainly help in that regard. So I think that's 
pretty interesting to me, honestly. If And, you know, if the, the deal is OG plus Grady Dick plus two firsts, I think I'm probably comfortable with that, even if it's not a perfect deal. I think it puts them in a better spot, like I mentioned off the top. And I think just the way Dame infuses so much shooting and space and ball handling and shot creation into the conversation... I feel like that trio of Scotty, Pascal, and Dame, while maybe clunky from the start, actually has a pretty good chance of growing into something pretty fun over the course of the next couple of seasons. So if it does come down to that, like, are you a, is it a deal breaker for you if OG is the guy going out, Big V? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got him. Woohoo! <laughs> I think it is. Okay. I think, I think. You know, you're still you're still having to send out, you know, more salary. Like, if you like, sort of redirect Gary to another team or whatever. Like, you can do it without Gary, by the way. Like, Like, it can be OG Boucher, Thad Porter, Grady, right? Like, it can be something like that. Yeah, I don't. I just don't see why, you know, they settle for that. Because it's probably better than what Miami's got on offer. Is it? I don't I know mean, about that. Tyler Hero no. doesn't really fit what they're doing. And I don't think Tyler Hero is somebody you want to be paying $30 million a year, frankly. I'd rather pay $30 million a year to OG and Adobe and see if I can keep him around. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I think I think that one gets like... Like, I think in order to beat out the Miami offer, it has to be something like convincing. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be something big and like, I don't know if OG as, uh, the headliner does it for them. Right. Um, and so I think it would take more. Um, and so I think with the pieces that you're giving up, I think you would fall too far out. Um, like I think, you know, when you have Damon Pascal and OG, as the guy who's still there to like defend the opposing team's best player um, and still be that guy who can knock down catch and shoots. Hmm. Um, I think that's super appealing in terms of the ceiling of the team mm-hmm. and without him in the mix, uh, it's not quite enticing. And obviously, you know, the great thing is you have, you still have Scotty. And so you have that long fail outlook. Yeah, you still have that long-term outlook still in place. Um, or you have a player who a year in a year from now you can trade for more players to fit around Dame and Pascal. That's true. That's true. Uh so yeah, I I think if I were to rank it, you know, yeah, of like, you know, who the deals center around, number 1 would probably be Scotty in terms of what actually gets over the line. Um, and what keeps this, what gets this team to be really, really good. Number two would be OG. Hmm. Um, and then number three, uh, no prizes for guessing would be Pascal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think I'm okay with options one or two, frankly. Um, cause boy, it'd be fun to watch Dane play for this team. Of course, there is the question of would he actually play for this team, which uh, we'll get into. We'll get into sort of the upside and the downside if the Raptors do actually pull the trigger on this and make it happen this week. We'll do that in just a second here. But first, just a reminder, go check out Locked on Leafs. The Buds are just very, very close to starting up a new season. I think they're like two weeks away. So go check out Locked on Leafs with Mike and Dave as they are keeping you posted on all that's going on heading into what should be a very dramatic season for your Toronto Maple Leafs who are running 
putting it back. Once again, uh, go check it out wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. All right, Big V. The upside, the downside. Let's start with the downside first, because that's the thing on everybody's mind, right? The reports that Dame will make it ugly, quote-unquote, if in fact he is dealt to the Toronto Raptors. I am now forgetting where that quote came from. I will look it up right now. I uh, just searched make it ugly because I'm pretty sure it's the only thing out there. Uh, I think that quote came from Ethan Skolnick, who covers the Heat for Five Reasons Sports. The Heat media side of this whole thing is a whole other thing we don't got to get into at the moment. But uh, <laughs> it's it's a little strange the way the, the coverage has been, uh, you know, I, I think put out there. Regardless, the... The whole idea that Dame wouldn't report to Toronto, make it ugly, et cetera, et cetera, ask for a trade instantly back to Miami. Um, how much does that scare you? And how much downside do you think there is if the Raptors do, in fact, make this move? Uh, you know, whatever the outgoing return is, whether it's Scotty or OG is the centerpiece. Like, let's get into sort of your worst fears if that does come to pass. Um, I think it's just... Uh... I, I just I just find it hard to buy into, right? Like, how is it's he like not- me bluffing <laughs> at the World Series of Poker on seven two off suit? I don't buy it at all. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like, how is he not going to play? Like, how is any of this stuff going to play out? Like, mm-hmm. you got a long contract, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, like Dame just him doing that would go so against the grain of everything he has apparently stood for over the course of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's kind of like uh, with Katie and Brooklyn, right? Yeah. Uh, and when he was kind of, when the reports were there that, he, oh, he might not play, he might, you know, be a malcontent, this and that. Yeah. Everyone was kind of like, man, like, Katie is it. such a hooper. Is he really yeah. not going to play <laughs> basketball? <laughs> yeah. And I think this is in that similar vein. So in terms of like, feeling fearful or having worst fears play out like i'm i find it very hard to even get there Mm -hmm. because i'm like this guy like there's no way this guy is not gonna play like i just don't buy it you know yeah Um, it's it's like lebron teasing retirement after getting swept by the night (laughs) (laughs) like okay bud (laughs) yeah yeah it's like me threatening to uh, get in shape uh it's not happening uh So. I think, yeah, with, with this, I don't buy it either. You know, maybe it gets uncomfortable for a week and there's the whole will he, won't he report to camp. And then October 2nd will come around. He'll be there. There will be some awkward questions and then they'll move on because... Don't forget about the selfie with Masai and Bobby. Yep, 100%. There will be an awkward <laughs> uh, hostage-like situation at OVO Center. We love it. I think for me, yeah, I don't buy it for a lot of reasons. A, because I just like the four years on his deal, the $50 million he's owed this season, he's not going to sit out. The Raptors aren't going to do this with the intention of, oh, well, if he doesn't show up, we'll just trade him to the Heat right away. Like, that's not what they're doing. They're going to be in it to try to convince him. Toronto has a pretty long track record of getting guys in town and then those guys falling in love with it. Dame will be a freaking legend in Toronto if he hits, like, 1-3 in a closing situation in the first week of the season. Like, this is how bad things were last season. Raptors fans, I don't even think, really understand just how good Dame is. Last season, he had a 64.5 true shooting percentage, and the Blazers were, like, a really good offense when he was on the floor. Uh, Like... There's a bad team. Things went poorly. The last couple of seasons have not gone well there. I don't think you can put it at Dame's feet 
pretty much at all. He's been incredible. Uh, probably should have made All NBA last season if not for the you know the games played after getting sat down the stretch of the season. Um, he rocks, and I think it would be pretty quick as far as like a turn of face with the city and him and him and the city. And I think it would all kind of just fall into place. I, I think it, in general, it's unwise to judge players over their actions surrounding trying to get to a new team, because this is the new modern NBA, like it or not, this is the game. They're playing the leverage game. They have been all summer. Dame wants to go to Miami. There's not an easy pathway there. His camp is doing everything they can to make his preferred destination take place, but it just might not work that way. And like you said, Dame's entire career has been built on him being like one of the best leaders in professional sports. I don't imagine you're going to see him come to Toronto, sit out, be a sour, you know, sour-faced, like, sad boy on the sidelines waiting to get traded to Miami. It just does not pass the smell test to me. You know, the downside is more like the long-term pick outlay, the long-term sort of potential for disaster. If it doesn't quite work out, if Dame declines maybe more prematurely than we think and hope that he will, he is 33. He's been very durable outside of the 2021-22 season where they he had an abdominal injury, I think, and then sat, only played 29 games. Last year, he got sat for tanking purposes. But before that, he's been extremely durable throughout his career. So I'm not super worried about like the quick you know, oh God, this guy's just lost it overnight type of situation. Um, yeah, I just, you know, the long-term, you know, you could end up in a pretty dark spot if you have all these outgoing picks and you don't win anything, but you've had some fun in between, which I think is perfectly fine. Um, the upside, Big V, a Dame-Pascal duo. For me, that rocks. Uh, there's a lot of reasons to like that. Pascal has had a lot of success playing with uh, point guards who have a pull-up threat to their game. Uh, you do the inverted pick-and-roll stuff. You think back to the Kyle Lowry 2019-20 uh, season. Those two dudes were just incredible in tandem. They were walking buckets in clutch time. It rocked. It was so fun. I think you'd just kind of get like a souped-up version of that if it were Damon Pascal, this version of Pascal, who's added all this playmaking element to his game. Uh, where are you at on the upside of a Dame Pascal plus whatever-based Raptors team in an Eastern Conference that, as we've said, has some real questions up at the top over the, I wouldn't say upside of these teams, but certainly the disaster potential for teams like Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Cleveland even. It's, it's there more than I think it has been in recent years. So where are you at as far as upside for a Dame Lillard-led Raptors? Uh, yeah, I think that that is a phenomenal pairing. I, I think they complement each other so well, their skill sets. And so that would be fabulous to watch. I, I don't know um, how much we'd see inverted pick and rolls just because uh, I don't think Dame's anywhere near the screen setter. That, no, he uh, don't got that ass. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think they'd play off of each other exceedingly well. Um, and you know, I would like to think uh, that Dame uh, looks at a situation like that and thinks, yeah, this is like, you know, if I were to play with, you know, a big like Yak and a guy mm -hmm. like Pascal and a 3 and D guy like OG who I've wanted on my team <laughs> for years, that would be very appealing. Um, but uh, yeah, I think specifically when it comes to Dame and Pascal, like that is a legit legit uh one-two combo um uh, that would be among the very best in the league and i would be so so excited to watch that yeah like i i don't know if we can rattle off all the best duos in the league right now we're running late in the show but 
you know, top 10 for sure, right? Like, you probably put it ahead of easily, like, Kawhi and Paul George at this point, considering where those guys are at just injury-wise. You probably put him ahead of, like, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. You probably put him ahead of a, a lot of these pairings that, you know, comprise the best teams in the league. I think it puts the Raptors in a position where maybe they're not like true blue in inner tier title contenders in year one. It takes a couple of years to build up the roster a little bit more around those guys, but it certainly gives them a puncher's chance at like a conference finals. And if you have a puncher's chance at a conference finals, it's worth it. Like I know everyone's title or bust in their brains these days, but it's just, it's not a realistic way to operate. And frankly, the way the NBA is structured right now with the parody and that I don't think is going anywhere considering what the second apron is going to do to these teams and the difficulty that's going to come with team building and keeping really good teams together. You don't have to be the clear one or two best teams in the league to have a shot. And I think if you can make yourself one of the eight best teams in the NBA with a single move, which I think this would probably do, I think you go ahead and do it. So, um, yeah, the upside's substantial. And watching, it also just to me, it's the dude Pascal deserves to get added to his team, right? Like, Pascal has been awesome for this team for years. He has gone through a couple of bad seasons, downs, ups, all that stuff. He has been, like, a, a true, like, like core pillar of Raptors history, frankly, through his seven seasons. This is the type of guy he deserves to play with. And so that is my closing argument on this. Like, whatever you can do to make that happen, I'm fine with it. And I, I think uh, the Raptors should be looking long and hard at this as well. And, like, frankly, if they don't do this, I am very concerned. We can get into that <laughs> later this week as to what the hell comes next if they don't pull off a Dame trade. But for now, we can leave it there. Big V, anything you want to promote? Any parting shots before we get out of here as well? Uh, I'll turn it over to you. <clears throat> uh, just the usual stuff. Uh, looking forward to getting some raptors.com uh, content out there um i will be throwing in a lot of uh cricket content as the cricket world cup uh begins soon in about 10 days uh and so you you know cricket fans out there you can look forward to that and besides that you can follow me on twitter at vivek m jacob hell yeah everyone go do that everyone follow subscribe rate review the podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts also, uh, go to the Discord. Link is in the description. You want to come talk about Dame. That's the place to do it right now, baby. And as I've mentioned before, this season, I'm not going to really be doing a lot of posting on Twitter. I'll be doing it here and there. But for the most part, if you want like my live reactions to games, the Discord is where I'll be doing that stuff this year. So uh, come hang out if you want to place a talk ball on the internet during the season. Uh, link is in the description as always. And we'll be back again tomorrow, hopefully with Mike Richman. If not, we'll do an examination of what happens if the Raptors don't get Dame Lillard. Either way, we'll talk about all that and more as Dame Week just just getting rolling here, baby. Uh, we will leave it there. Thanks so much. Talk to you Tuesday. Thanks for hanging. Bye-bye.